Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to discuss the upcoming new moon on November 13th, 2023, around 3 a.m. Central Standard Time in the sidereal sign of Libra. So first and foremost, please remember that here on Astrology Now, we do use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is in fact different than the Western tropical system. And I do use the central time for my horoscopes. So wherever you are in the world, the time of the new moon exactly will vary depending on where you are. I'm in the United States using central time. The new moon will again take place around 3 a.m. So I don't know how long y'all have been around. I've been recording this podcast for quite some time. I started recording this podcast at my kitchen table in my old home. Then I transitioned into the bathroom for better sound quality. Then I transitioned into the closet for the best sound quality. Now where I live, I have my own office for my work. <laughs> but... I wanted to premise this story. So my boyfriend and I are currently traveling and we've been on this kind of like extended climbing trip. Um, we've been climbing for the last couple of weeks. It's been wonderful. And I'm currently recording in a new space. I've never recorded where I currently am. And so I set up my station. I'm like getting ready. I start recording, realize that I don't have my mic um, screen. And so if you don't have your mic screen, at least for me, you have to be super re like careful with how close you get to the microphone. So I was like, oh, no. So I get up. I go get my screen. I, I restart my recording. Then I'm like doing the intro. And then this huge siren comes on. And it lasts for about five minutes, it felt like. Re-recorded. Then this flock of birds came. And they started having this extremely loud conversation outside of the door, outside of the window. So I start re-recording and then I decide, okay, there's been enough distractions. Let's go into the bathroom, a place where we've been before. So I'm currently recording from the bathroom. But after I started recording, I realized that there was a drip in the faucet. And so now I have a towel wrapped around the faucet and I'm sitting in the bathroom recording this podcast. <laughs> so this podcast comes to you from an Airbnb bathroom, <laughs> but... Hopefully the sound quality is great for you all. Hopefully this finds you well. I'm actually really excited to record today's podcast. This is a significant new moon for me. Um, and I hope that it is for you all as well. And so the reason that I think this new moon is important is because first of all, the new moon is always a time of setting intentions. And this is the final new moon we have while Rahu is in the sign of Aries and Ketu is in the sign of Libra. So we're about to move into this monumental transition where Rahu moves into the sign of Pisces and Ketu moves into the sign of Virgo. So it's important to remember that Rahu and Ketu only change signs once every 18 months. So it doesn't happen very often and Rahu and K2 are the karmic nodes of the moon. They have an impact on karma. Wherever they're transiting for us personally, it will have a, a karmic impact. And globally, 
Rahu and Ketu bring karma to the surface. It impacts the collective culture, topics that we're discussing, social issues that we're discussing. It's going to have an impact on the economy and politics. It influences the world. That being said, we're about to have this next cycle begin, this next 18-month cycle begin. And so with this being the final new moon, I really would love to use it as an opportunity to reflect on the last 18 months, but also matters involving Libra, specifically because K2 has been in Libra. This new moon is with the karmic note of K2. And so I have a few personal reflection prompts for you all when we get there. But I did just want to say that this transit of Rahu and Ketu is very important. Next week, I'm planning on doing a full segment for how this transit may impact the collective. And I will also at some point do a segment on how this transit will impact each of the 12 zodiac signs. But if you're wanting those horoscopes early and if you're wanting them more in depth, you can go to patreon.com slash astrology now podcast where I usually do early predictions for the signs and I also spend more time for each of the signs there as well. Ah, <sighs> so as I've been moving through time zones, moving through states, moving through spaces, I've been acutely aware of Vata season. So it's currently autumn. We are currently experiencing the fall months. And many of you know, but this may be new information to some of you, is that Ayurveda, Ayurveda is the science of life. Ayurveda is a sister science to Vedic astrology. So Vedic astrology is the science of light. Ayurveda is the science of life. And they are sister sciences for the Vedas, for the path of self-realization. And so in Ayurveda, there are three main doshas, kapha, pitta, and vata. And these comprise much of material reality. And vata is wind and ether and movement and changeability and flexibility. It's also being innovative being creative, having ideas. And when it's out of balance, it can be scattered, disorganized, it can be ungrounded, it can lack presence. And I'm fortunate enough where I am right now, my boyfriend and I are currently in Tennessee, and it's been years since I've seen fall. <laughs> it's been years since I've seen trees changing colors and just very much steeped in autumn. I'm from Texas. I've lived in Texas for several years. Usually when I travel, I travel to the desert and you don't really get that sense of fall. And um, it's just been really beautiful. It's been a really beautiful opportunity for me. And again, it's been such a beautiful reminder to be cautious of the vata energy and plus again like i'm moving around which is very vata inducing changing time zones is very vata inducing and so i thought i would take some time to remind everybody listening to this that we are in autumn and this is a transition period it is a time of change and it is a time where you may feel a little less grounded you may feel a little bit more scattered 
you may feel yourself daydreaming more often. And it's a great time to do more grounding, to eat warm, cooked, spiced food. That's very helpful for decreasing that windy, ungrounded energy, maybe having some warm drinks. But on the plus side, it is good for creativity and it is good for daydreaming and it's amazing for new innovative ideas. And I was thinking about this while I was out here just kind of in the nature is that wind has this tendency to strip away what's delicate. It has this tendency to find what's fragile and remove it. So as the trees are dying, or excuse me, as the leaves are dying and the tree no longer needs the leaves, the wind just simply takes it away. And so if you're in this period of life where something is leaving or something is being removed or you're transitioning, just remember that the winds of life have their way of removing what's fragile or what's delicate. And delicate things can be useful, but for our lives, for growth, for support, we often need things that are rooted and things that are substantial. And so if there is anything leaving or if there is anything kind of floating away, just kind of take some time to think about that. It may be the universe's way of protecting you and serving you in some capacity. So talking about Vishaka, Vishaka Nakshatra. So again, if you're newer to Vedic astrology, we have the 12 zodiac signs and then we have the 27 nakshatras when we divide each zodiac sign into individual segments. And so again, this new moon is taking place in the sign of Libra. Specifically, it's taking place in the nakshatra of Vishaka. And this is an interesting nakshatra for me. I love Vishaka because it spans between Libra and Scorpio. And I feel like Libra and Scorpio have such different energies. <laughs> and so I think that Vishaka is fascinating because it bridges the two. And so we'll get into that. But first of all, again, remember that the new moon is a time of setting intentions. The moon is dark. The moon is waning. And so as we move towards a new moon, light is being stripped from the moon it will reach its complete point of darkness it will become kind of like the seed of intention in the sky and then it will begin to wax again and the new moon is usually a time of yin energy of laying low of taking it easy this new moon is taking place with the planet mars and with the planet k2 so the moon when it's new is technically afflicted according to traditional vedic philosophy the moon is afflicted when it's new we gauge the kind of like auspiciousness of the moon based off of its illumination and so when it's new it's actually considered inauspicious now it's also going to be with the planet k2 if you're following the true node system and it will be with the planet mars so all of that to say the moon is receiving quite a bit of intensity. And so I do anticipate this being a more intense month for the world at large and an intense time for the world at large. And we'll get into that. And on a personal level, we may feel a little emotional. We may feel a little, again, scattered. We might even feel a little bit more aggressive or combative in some way. Mars will be with the moon. Mars is also combust during this period of time. 
we'll actually have Mars and Mercury combust. So we may be feeling a little bit more argumentative, a little bit more spicy, a little bit more irritable. Just kind of have that in the back of your mind. And because the new moon is in Virgo, it may even bring up for some of you um, matters around balance, equanimity, equality, justice. There could be something in your personal life where you're being asked to reflect on what is fair or, or what is right. And it could also have an influence on relationships. Of course, Venus is still debilitated. If you listened to the previous horoscope, Venus is debilitated until the end of the month. So this new moon could definitely spur some delicate energy with relationship and relationship harmony. So just keep that in the back of your mind. It's not the right time to have to be right. It's not the best time to be arrogant. It's not the best time to try to prove yourself. It's not the best time to be critical or overbearing or even jealous or like suspicious in some way. You might kind of feel some of that. Some of you might. So just kind of know that this is the phase that we're in and it's something that will definitely pass. But that new moon on the less savory side could spur some of these things. So for me, if I'm aware that some of this energy may be present, it really helps me approach it with more grace and hopefully it helps you as well. So this new moon specifically will be in the nakshatra of Vishaka, and this is such a powerful nakshatra. Again, we were talking about how this nakshatra bridges Libra and Scorpio. Vishaka is ruled by the planet Jupiter, and the symbol for Vishaka is the Arch of Triumph. It represents victory. It represents success. It represents prevailing with hard work, dedication, and devotion. And Vishaka is notorious for being justice-oriented, for being moral, for having this high quality of honor. It is, after all, governed by Jupiter. And Jupiter is the planet of philosophy and expansion and knowledge and right conduct it has a lot to do with dharma this new moon is in the portion of the sky that is libra okay so even though vishaka spans between libra and scorpio the new moon itself will be in the sign of libra so there is this venusian energy and jovian energy kind of merging together and something that i think is so interesting and i mentioned this on patreon is that venus is Shukracharya. And Shukracharya is a teacher. So it's important when we're looking at birth charts, it's important to understand that Venus is about love and beauty and art and creativity and the lusts. You know what I mean? Like the, the sweetness of life, the pleasures of life, I should say, does govern lust. I would say Mars does as well. Um, and there is also this teacher quality to Venus. And people who have really strong Venusian energy, they can often demonstrate this kind of preacher-like quality. And they can often be very interested in politics and things like social justice. Shukracharya 
taught Bhishma from the Mahabharata political science. And so this was so interesting to me when I found this out because this makes sense because, first of all, Libra is ruled by Venus, right? So Libra has this energy of Venus. We all know that Libra is justice-oriented and interested in political science. But you'll also see this with Taurus and Tauran individuals. Taurus is also ruled by the planet Venus. And so it's important to remember that Venus also has this preacher political science edge of Chukracharya. Okay, it has that influence to it. Um, and so for some of you who are unaware, the Mahabharat is um, an epic story from Sanantana Dharma. I highly recommend reading the Mahabharat. If not, read the Bhagavad Gita. Bhishma is a very important player in the story. And so Shukracharya teaching Bhishma political science is actually quite fascinating <laughs> if you're interested in these things. So all of that to say, the fact that we're having a new moon in Vishaka that has this energy of Jupiter and Venus, there's this emphasis on moral. There's this emphasis on right and wrong. This new moon is going to bring up so much in the media around social justice issues, around war and peace. There may be more publicity involving lawsuits or issues with legal affairs. And there could be reevaluations around laws or amendments and things of that quality. So please do be watching out for that as we move closer to this new moon. And remember, Libra, even if we're not looking at anything else and we're just looking at the sign of Libra, we know that Libra is the scales of justice. It's what's fair. It's what's right. It's what's ethical. It's what's moral. It's what's bringing all of this to the surface. Okay. So be aware. And we do have Mars combust. We do have Mercury combust. So there may be some of this intensity. There may be some lashing out. There may be some aggression. There may be some power plays at hand. Keeping in mind, Venus is harmony and diplomacy, and it is currently debilitated. And so at the beginning of the year, when I did predictions, we discussed that October would be one of the most intense months of the year, and then we followed it up with November being quite intense as well. Of course, the sun is still debilitated, so there is still this pressure on world leaders and CEOs, bosses, people who are in a position of power or influence. Now, on a personal level, I know that we were kind of talking about maintaining harmony, maintaining balance, not giving in to um, critical thoughts, not giving in to impulsive thoughts, or being too fiery. But in addition to that, contemplating Vishaka. Vishaka as we discussed, it has to do with success, it has to do with honor, it has to do with virtue and value. For some of you, there may already be ideas coming into your mind on how that relates to your life. Vishaka is also a nakshatra that has a lot to do with devotion, it has a lot to do with our commitment to things. And something that I don't think that we've spoken about here in astrology now is that Vishaka and Anuradha actually go together. So we have the Bajrapadas, we have the Falgunis, the Nakshatras that come in pairs. 
Anuradha is associated to Radha, who is the love of Krishna, who's from the Bhagavad Gita. Vishaka also has an association to Radha. And so there's this, you know, connection with that devotion and that loyalty and that deep love. And so this is an amazing time to remind ourselves to stay devoted to what it is that we care about, stay devoted to what it is that we love. And if we're having thoughts of maybe things being too difficult or things being hard or the world challenging us in some way, the things that we stay devoted to will usually result, you know, there will usually be fruitful results to the things that we commit ourselves to, that we devote ourselves to, and that we work on every day. I remember doing an entire podcast talking about devotion. You know, devotion has this ability to really change and transform us, really has this way of working through us. Um, an analogy that I usually think about for devotion is water landing on a rock and how if water lands in the same spot over and over and over again, it will eventually chip itself through an entire rock. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how tough it is. It doesn't matter what, you know, the weather is like or what other people's opinions are. If the water lands in the same space over and over and over again, it will absolutely have a result. And so if we show up, you know, for example, if we show up to the yoga mat every day, if you're practicing physical yoga every day, you will absolutely see changes. You'll see your body stretch and gain flexibility and gain strength. If you practice drawing every day, you will absolutely improve at drawing. If you lift a weight every day, your muscle will change. If there is something in our life that we set our sights on and we commit ourselves to doing it and working on it and staying true to it every single day, it will bear fruit. That's the beauty of devotion. And so take that for what it's worth. It's <laughs> something that I think about every day. Now, some personal reflections for this cycle. Again, this is our final new moon of this 18-month cycle. We have been here for 18 months. So if you haven't already, I've invited you all to do this on the podcast before, but if you haven't already, you might just take some time to review the 18 months, think about some of the themes that you've experienced, think about some of the high points, some of the low points of the challenges. But in addition to that, focusing on the sign of Libra specifically, we can ask ourselves, I have a few questions, so you might want to write these down later. Just kind of take a note of where we are. We're at 2319. So if you want to go home and bring this podcast back to where it was, 2319. The first question is, how could your life have been more in balance in the last 18 months? How could your life have been more in balance? Building off of that, what was lacking in your life that brought in balance? What was excessive in your life that created imbalance? What do you need to prioritize in order to bring harmony into your life? And this could be tangible or intangible. So what do you need to prioritize in order to bring harmony into your life? 
And so this could be, I need to prioritize work. I need to prioritize my partner. I need to prioritize work. I need to prioritize my self-care so that I can bring harmony into my life. But it could be something maybe a little bit less obvious. Like, I need to prioritize saying no to things I genuinely don't want to do. <laughs> I need to prioritize saying yes to things I genuinely do want to do. I need to prioritize something fun and invigorating to lighten my life, to lighten my heart. What do you need to prioritize to bring harmony into your life? The next question, think of a time recently when you were unfair to somebody else. Really holding ourselves accountable for growth, for the benefit of growth, Thinking of a time recently that you were unfair, how could you alter your behavior for next time so that you can create a world that is more just and fair? Because our behavior and our actions and our words create the world. We have an impact on the people around us. We have the ability to change other people's lives by how we treat them how we talk to them, how we interact with them, what we do for them, what we don't do for them. So when we choose to be fair and just to other people, we are creating a fair and just world. It starts inside of us. So again, thinking of a time recently that we were unfair, how can we alter our behavior for next time so that we together can create a more just world? The next question is, in the last 18 months, where could you have been more selfish and where could you have been less selfish? So maybe thinking of times where you were kind of selfish, kind of self-absorbed. Again, that could tie into kind of being unfair to somebody else. And then thinking of times where you could have taken up more space, where you could have allowed yourself to be prioritized. The next question is, what does devotion mean to you? And do you embody devotion in your life? What does devotion mean to you? And do you embody it in your life? And the final question is actually going to segue me into another conversation about astrology in general and talking about other astrological ongoings. But the final question is, what would you do if you were no longer afraid? What would you do with your life if you were no longer afraid? Fear is very limiting. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, the reason that I chose to ask this question is because Vishaka is a fearless nakshatra. It is that nakshatra of honor and dharma and wisdom and philosophy and the beauty of having intrinsic dharmic energy when we act dharmically dharma protects us and so some of you have probably heard that phrase before is that dharma protects those who defend dharma and so when we're dharmic in nature we can live without so much fear in my opinion of course so, okay, so talking about fear and its limitations, talking about Saturn, I was reflecting recently on fear 
And fear is something that I had to work on very hard growing up and still something that I have to work on. Um, just growing up, the, the way that I grew up, I grew up with a lot of fear. And so learning to not even necessarily be brave, but just be secure and be honest in myself when I'm secure, when I am strong, when I'm operating from a place of love, I feel courageous. Um, and <laughs> there are still things where there can be some of this uh, almost like irrational. Like I can, I can almost feel like irrational fear sometimes. And I'm sure so many of us can relate to that. But anyway, I was thinking about how when we experience fear, it creates limitations. And so when we fear intimacy, we limit ourselves with depth of intimacy. When we fear friendship, which is intimacy, right? If we fear someone really seeing us and really being with us and really knowing us, we limit how much we let people in, how much we let them get to know us. We may have some casual friends. We may have some friends who we see every now and then. But when it comes to friends who really know us and who really see us and really get us, that could be scary. If we fear physical activity, this is one for me that I've been experiencing recently. You all probably know I love rock climbing. And there are facets of rock climbing that are really scary. <laughs> and when you are afraid, it limits you from the potential, from the possibilities. You're going to be limited to the routes you can climb. You're going to be limited to the movements you do. You're going to be limited to the risks that you take if you allow fear to take over. So there are so many ways in life that fear creates limitations. And in Vedic astrology, fear and limitation are both governed by the planet Saturn. As you all know, Saturn recently went direct. Saturn is in the sign of Aquarius, according to the sidereal system. And in the chart of the United States, we are in Sati Sati, right? And so just kind of backing up for a moment, while I was contemplating all of this, while I was contemplating Saturn creating fear and limitations, I was thinking about the cycles of Saturn, Saturn return and Sati Sati. And so Saturn return happens around the ages of 28 to 30, just about. Um, and Sati Sati is a seven and a half year period where Saturn transits the sign before, of, and after the moon. So for example, the moon in the chart of the United States is in the sign of Aquarius. So Sati Sati is when Saturn is in the sign of Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. So if your moon is in Gemini, your Sati Sati will be when the moon, or excuse me, when Saturn is in Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer. Okay. So anyway, for all of us here in the United States, we're experiencing Sati Sati as a nation. And we may be experiencing some of this fear and anxiety and maybe even limitations, you know. Some of you may be actually in your Sati Sati period. Some of you may have a really strong Saturn in your chart. Some of you may be having a Saturn return if you're in that age group. You have another Saturn return when you're, you know, around 58, 59, 60. Don't allow fear to limit you. You know, if you feel that impact of Saturn, if you feel that in any way Saturn is limiting you or restricting you, 
just remember that those fears and anxieties are keeping us limited and encaged in some way. And maybe with dharma, with devotion, with faith of ourself, with faith in the divine, we will be able to move past those limitations. So those are the contemplations I've been having. Looking at other astrological ongoings, I feel like we've covered everything. We talked about Saturn and Aquarius for a bit, talked about Venus debilitated, talked about the new moon. Um, I guess the final thing I'll emphasize is just remember to set intentions for the new moon because that's quite important. Um, we are beginning to move into Scorpio season. So the next time that we all talk, there will be more planets amassing in the sign of Scorpio, which is part of why we may be experiencing more intensity as a collective, more interesting information coming out, maybe even surprising information coming out, maybe even scandals appearing and just kind of a sneak peek review. I, I spoke about some of this on the previous podcast, but this Rahu K2 transition that we're having, it's going to have such a drastic impact on us, you know, as a collective. And something I was thinking about with Pisces and with Virgo is that there's this huge emphasis on water and huge emphasis on earth, but there's also a huge emphasis on wellness and medication. And when um, the last time, or maybe it was the time before last that K2 was in Virgo, uh, we voted to illegalize medical marijuana, which I thought was so fascinating because first of all, I don't do, I don't do any drugs. So I literally have like no bias at anything. Um, and I don't even know if marijuana is a drug. I don't know, but I don't smoke it. <laughs> I don't, I don't do anything like that. Um, but marijuana is a plant it's a natural medicine it takes it alleviates pain it alleviates anxiety for some people um, it's natural it's a natural way and so i thought it was so fascinating because k2 creates a sense of disconnection that there was kind of this severing of connection to natural healing and natural remedies and so i'm i'm curious to see what ends up playing out i still need to dive into the research a little bit more to see some consistencies but I know that we've been having more breakthroughs with um, like drugs as medicine, psychedel psychedelics as medicine, psilocybin, things like that. So it'll be very interesting to see how this K2 transit impacts the headway that we made there. If I haven't made this clear yet, like I'm an advocate on anything natural and wellness. So that's my stance. And with Rahu in Pisces, some consistencies I've been seeing are natural disasters involving water, which I don't think is surprising to anybody. Um, Hurricane Katrina happened while Rahu was in Pisces, and there was another huge tsunami that happened while Rahu was in Pisces as well, which I will be able to cite the next time that we all get together. But those are some things I've been seeing. I thought it was kind of interesting, something fascinating to continue to track and follow. If you have any questions, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. My website is innerknowing.yoga. You can hear weekly horoscopes for your zodiac sign at patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. And my Instagram is astrologynow underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christina Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.